My dear, sweet child, that's what I do. It's what I live for, to help unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor souls with no one else to turn to. your pile up of everything geeky and berry. As always, I'm your mama bear, the Yeti, and with me this week, as ever he is, is the lovely, the talented Jonathan Moore. Thank you, I am lovely. And joining us this week, we have bear pile veteran Tom. Say hi, Tom. Hello, you poor unfortunate owls. <laughs> and joining us for uh, a special episode, we have Papa Bear, Adam Hone. Heyo! How y'all doing? So, I don't know whether you have all have heard, but this is Bear Pile's 10th episode. So we're Woo! pretty excited. Woo! It seems like so much more. Doesn't it? Because it feels like we, we sit here and we talk about geeky stuff for eons, so... I feel like we should have more than ten episodes by this point. Really? Pump the content. I want more. Yeah, pretty much. Is this a musical episode? It might as well be. It could be. It could be. It it, It could be. Hey, you know what? When you wish upon a star... Because... Makes no difference who you are. Indeed. And it could be musical because... What we are discussing today, gentlemen is a subject near and dear to my very own heart. It yeah. is Disney animated films. Precisely. So, um, I thought we'd kick this off. Uh, let's go around and just real quick, give us what your favorite animated Disney film is and Why? So I think I know what yours is, Tom. So why don't we start with you? <laughs> Let's get the easy one out of the way first. Well, contrary to popular belief, my favorite Disney character is Ursula. My favorite Disney film is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <gasps> mainly because it's um, the first one, it's the original one, and because, I mean, the Wicked Queen is based off of Joan Crawford. I mean, <laughs> oh you my can't God, go she wrong was. there. <laughs> you can't go wrong there kids i literally did not know that until you said that and then once you said that i'd like i did like magical like gay computer comparison in my brain and i'm like oh my god they are the same person <laughs> yeah they are so we have this uh, the eye it's the eyebrows it's the eyebrows disney was a gay ass company when it was founded yeah yeah like ursula is based off of divine uh <sighs> evil queen is based off of mommy dearest Actually, if you want if you want to really gay this up, Ursula was also based off of three um, archi- three typical like gay icons. There was Divine, there was B. Arthur, Mae West, and a curveball. 
Gloria Swanson. You know what? Yeah. Now that you say that, I can actually see all those influences in those there too. Jesus yeah. Christ! That so makes she's sense. The that, oh, she's the one that makes the frozen dinners, right, Swanson? Oh, <sighs> oh thank you for the dad joke of the evening. That's interesting because well, I'll trust me. I have a litany of useless Disney villain uh, knowledge. So is it, is it just just the evil queen that makes it your favorite? Pretty much. I mean, oh, there's also seven little men in a diamond mind. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I say this: years and years and years ago, you can get away with doing a lot more stuff on uh, in movies and on in, in cartoons and in shorts than what you can get away with now. So Snow White, I tell people, if it was released today, same as it is, theatrical trailers, um, just rating it, it would probably end up being rated PG-13 because of the amount of uh, adult content that there is in the movie. Yeah. Uh, like, the horrific imagery, the uh, the old crone, the huntsman, uh, her running through the forest, scared out of her mind. Death. 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 Don't get me started with movie ratings. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> So that's very interesting that you picked one of the classic Disney stuff because they're actually my least favorite ones. Because I like there's <gasps> I know right there's nothing oh, yes. there's nothing yes. in them I can relate yes. to and I feel like because I big shock I am a big fan of Disney princess movies so like the Disney princess movies of like the fifties were just like sit on this table for a couple of the third acts and then someone will take care of the rest of the hard work. <laughs> so, like, I'm just like, wow. Like, that's... you know, woodland creatures? Yeah, woodland creatures, midgets. Uh, fairies. Fairies. Some dude who just happened to be given a sword because he was there. Just like, ugh, it's so lame. Like, that I won't... I will never cease to piss me off. Like, I want my princess involved in the third act. Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't always have to fight. Like, actually, when we get to my favorite movie, I'll talk more about that. But, uh, like, I just, that's, I could never relate to them because I could never relate to the princesses involved. Like, they were supposed to be the main characters, but they were really just, basically, uh, I forget who said it, but somebody said, if you can replace your female character with a sexy lamp, it's not a good female character. <laughs> now, we've done the easy one. Let's go on to someone a shade more mysterious. Adam, why don't you give us your favorite? Uh, so while I did grow up in the era of Beauty and the Beast and Lion King and Pocahontas and all that lovely stuff, I'm actually going to say one of my favorites is Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. I enjoy the story. I enjoy the animation. I enjoy the tie-ins. And it's just and the like fact an that overall... was also a member of the bear community. Yeah. That might have something to do with it. Did he... minor, minor details. I mean, did he have a love interest in that? I forget. Um. So, if you if you if you know anything about fan art, then his love interest was Zangief. <laughs> or. <laughs> or Fix It Felix. Yeah. Or. Or Satan. Serious. I'm serious. I've seen fan art of all three of these pairings. OTPs, OT3s, fandoms, fanfiction, it all exists. It it all exists. Yeah. Rule 43? 42? 34. 
But that there's fours and threes in it. That's all I knew. <laughs> so 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 yeah, that's that's the uh, Disney movie that spawned a million NC seventeen fan arts. And I'm perfectly okay with all of them. Disturbing. That one does have Jane Lynch, so I gotta give it to that movie. I know she was amazing in it. It has like Jane Lynch in one of the most brilliant like uh, Gears of War uh, Mass Effect parodies I've ever seen. Yep. What made and me it's... happy was that she even dressed up as her character. Oh yeah, that was excellent. And the part I love about it is you get to see what happens when the video game isn't on screen for the player to see. That was, was like, a really okay, neat idea. That makes sense. I love this. It it just like it was a movie that you you really felt was made by gamers for gamers, like sure. people that have been gaming for years. So it it really felt like it was made for me. I was just going to say, I was amazed at how many like, rights Disney had to have gotten in order to use some of those characters. They're Disney. They are all powerful. I know. They probably don't them um, But just like, you know how you have like the Big Bang Theory and that is supposed to be by nerds for nerds, but it's really just by uh, uh, everything else, everybody else who's written everything else in Hollywood. By Chuck Lorre. It's by yeah. Chuck Lorre. <laughs> yeah, by a paint-by-numbers plot for people to laugh at while pretending that they're laughing at nerds. But this never felt like that. This legitimately felt like it was by nerds for nerds. Uh, so I think they did some marketing where, like viral marketing, where they did a, a mock-up case of Fix-It Felix Jr., and like in a 1980s style ad, mm-hmm. and then started like publishing it around on forums and being like, "Hey, has anybody found this arcade case?" And then that was kind of the leak to let people know that, "Oh, hey, there's actually going to be a movie from Disney." Yeah, it actually tricked me into thinking that Fixic Felix was an actual game. Right? They there is an actual game. You can play it online. Well, that's. Well, I thought like it was like an an original like eighties like arcade case game. But something that we missed. Like, really, they they nailed it with Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, they oh, really yeah. did. Let's move on to you. Well, mine is uh, um, shows you know kind of when I was growing up because it's Aladdin. I I don't know why ever since it first came out and I saw it in the theater and what would that have been nineteen ninety four? I was. Five. I was fortunate. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just always loved it. I love the genie. I've always loved Robin Williams. Um, so oh, Robin Williams. Uh, um, Moment of silence <laughs> for Robin Williams. All right, peace. Yes. Yeah, very sad loss for the whole world. He was, um, I, he was a big Bay Area person, so like I grew up with him all over the place. And I liked that the princess. You know, was not the typical... I mean, she still ended up, you know, being swept off by Aladdin. But, you know, it wasn't the typical prince and princess. Yeah, she never felt like the damsel that needed to be, like, one that was just, like, on a table for the entire third act. She actually felt like she... It felt like they were all at a disadvantage and that they were all contributing to getting out of this terrible situation. So uh, mm-hmm. I forgive it for the for the damsel in distress in the third act, and of, and of course there's always the um, the was oh, it is it cracked or Buzzfeed that does those those little films about why 
uh, everything in my childhood was secretly horrifying, and they did one about uh, about it's a lab. It's got to be BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, non gag, cracked, one of those things. Yeah, but, but anyway, you know they they did the, they did a they did a video of why Aladdin was secretly horrifying, and it was like had to do with the fact that uh, the genie had Stockholm syndrome. See, I hate things like that. I hate I hate things like that, and I'm going to explain why. And I'm going to explain why using my favorite Disney movie. My favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast. And the reason I love it is that Belle was the first Disney character that I completely identified with. She was someone who, like, her knowledge is what separates her apart from everyone else around her, her imagination and her, like, drive to find something more and better than where she is at. So, like... much more than this provincial Yeah. So, like... Yeah. So it's just like as someone who pretty much fit all of those categories and who was pretty much ostracized for all of them, Belle was a character that really resonated with me. So the whole movie is about how she literally walks up to an eight-foot-tall monster, doesn't take any of his shit, and teaches him how to be human again. But like I, one of the circling back to the discussion that we had before. I hate it when people are just like, oh, this movie's actually about Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah, bitch, no, it's not. I'm like, where in the script do you see that? And they're just like, well, she stays with a man who does this, that, and the third thing. I'm like, did you miss the part where the only time he ever got aggressive towards her, she left? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sitting there, like, the whole time listening to it. Like, I had to listen to reports and, like... Uh, I think it was like some sort of racial studies class when I was in college and some girl was just going on and on about how it was about battered wife syndrome. And I'm like... Get the fuck away from me. I'm like, no. Okay, also, just changing slightly, you know that if Gaston was less of a dick, you'd be totally into him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And and isn't there... um something about like how um technically the uh the beast would have been like 11 when he was turned into the beast so yeah details details don't don't yeah. just don't he would have been about 12 lest we spoil the age and then i actually did so much research on beauty of the beast like just figuring out how things worked and like the mechanics of it all and, like, people are always just like, well, you know, it's so mean that the, the fairy turned all the servants into stuff because of the prince. And I'm like, well, not really, because they raised him. So, I guess in the fairy's eyes, they screwed him up so bad he became an asshole, so they get to be furniture for the rest of their lives. Uh, I guess one thing that I kind of take issue with is... Why did she get angry at a young child for saying no to a stranger? Because she couldn't find any love in his heart. But he was a kid. He apparently didn't have any parents? Right? Oh, he had parents. He's a Dauphin. He's a um, younger prince. So... What happened to his parents? Did they get turned into... His parents are probably dead. Um, We'll see. 
See, his brother is probably... The way that you, royalty works in those days is that if you were a king, um, you would take your siblings, once your parents were dead, and put them somewhere far away from you so they couldn't stab you in the face before you reproduced. So, so wait, so, wait, so they, they took a 12-year-old boy and put him in the woods alone with... Apparently he had a staff of hundreds or possibly thousands because mm-hmm. I assume each, each living dish was... A person, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was still a prince. I mean, he wasn't put there to die. He was put there so that he wouldn't stab his brother in the face. And, My and, throne. And when the champagne bottles, um, like when you open a champagne bottle that's obviously alive, is it like dying for you? Because <laughs> I am like, okay with this thought. I, I, I like tend to think that the food and drink are not alive where everything else was. Head but cannon. the champagne dancing in beer they were the what the champagne bottles in beer were dancing well let's say the champagne bottles were alive but the champagne itself wasn't so they contain champagne but like emptying them out was just like taking off a hat or pulling out their guts well no the champagne wasn't their guts they don't have any guts they're just magically sentient champagne bottles so once once they pour forth their hats, they're of no more use in the world. They they have no purpose. Well, not until they got turned back into maitre d's or whatever the hell they were. Yeah. Or you know, I bottles just, of champagne. I just think that uh, that was an awful lot of staff for one little boy. He is a prince. Uh, for me, one of the cool things about Beauty and the Beast is it's one of Disney's first digitally animated movies. Oh yeah, and it looks amazing. Which was so cool. Just I that mean, ballroom, right? The animation, the music, the uh, just everything in that movie was magnificent. It was a work of art. I'm going to say that my favorite aspect of the movie will always be the music. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, from... we gotta clap, we gotta clap it up for like a hot second for Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. They killed it for like from 1989 to 1995. Oh yeah, they slaughtered it. Yeah, they did. It was amazing. Just the opening of the of the thing, just like that really nice, like like that bass, and then all about the bass. Yeah. Just, like, really nice, like, mystical, sort of menacing thing. And then it just, like, breaks into Bell, which is, bar none, one of my favorite opening ensemble numbers. Because it's just... It's, you used to scare the ever-loving shit out of me. I, the, the Bell? No, 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 no. Okay. When I was younger, like, people always say, you love the Disney villains, but they're the scariest characters, everything's scary. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? The paintings and the artistry oh. that that mm-hmm. were in, like especially the one painting of the prince's face, mm-hmm. that scared the ever-loving shit out of me. It's very dark and very like highlighted, grimacing the highlights features. and the shadows. Like mm-hmm. you can't look at that and it. it oh my god! I, I no, nope. Yeah, that movie nope, did nope, not nope. pull any punches when it came to freaking you the hell out. The beast's first entrance. Like oh, what, Christ, with, with Maurice, I couldn't wow. look at the television 
like it, it like even now it gives me chills because it was just terrifying. Yep, same here. Like I was like, oh Jesus H Christ. Was, does not want. Does not yeah, want. Not at all. So, can we can we talk really quick about the trend towards these uh, uh, these like Maleficent? Have you guys seen Maleficent yet? Yeah. Oh, no. oh Jesus yeah. Christ! Oh my! No. No. Story from a different perspective. Would you? I. I it, like parts of it. I feel there's some things where it's like, okay, why did we bother with this? But it was, I, it, I thought it was a good movie. I, like, I was just going to say, I feel very, very, very strongly about how the direction that they took Maleficent in. Yeah. It was not... See, if it had been a movie about, like, her becoming twisted and becoming dark and evil, because she is evil. She makes a lot of terrible decisions that make her evil. And mm-hmm. like it, the Maleficent was trying to say, "Oh no, she was never evil. Everybody else was just stupid and incompetent." And my biggest oh. problem with that is that it takes away a lot of the interesting parts of this character. Because I, it, I think one of the things that's problematic is that Disney's really subscribing to the "once upon a time" idea of mm-hmm. yeah, you have evil characters, but. There's a reason why they're evil, and they're not really evil. They just made bad decisions, and we can correct that. And yet what kills me is that Disney never really wanted that to happen. He wanted all of his characters to at least have some sort of depth, and for the villains to just be inherently evil. Like, there was no, uh, there was no oh, maybe this happened. No. No, 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 no. The Wicked Queen, Maleficent, Lady Tremaine, Stromboli. These are all characters that are inherently evil. Like, I don't understand where we, like, sort of made a switch. The problem is that, like, I could see what they were trying to do, but it just didn't It didn't work. It, it ended up taking a lot of the, the venom out of the character that inspired terror for a couple of de- decades now. I think her. I think it. I think the movie could have been a little. It was only about ninety minutes. I think it could have been a little longer and maybe gone in a little more depth about her, about her descent because, you know, she didn't. She she went from from, you know, a strong, leader to evil pretty quick and I don't think it usually happens that way. You know, where was her period of mourning? You know, what, you know, over her wings. You know, she she was never like looking over it. She just she just went. Well, no, she. I mean, she did have a long period of mourning between when her wings were stolen and when we started to see her as an adult. It's just they didn't show it to us. It's uh, what I what I think is the problem is that they tried desperately to make that period of evil that she goes through a temporary thing, and she gets over it way too quick. And it's just like, let's look at this from a much more like. I'm not even going to go... Uh, well, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to say it. Just she was basically... She was essentially raped. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Now, that was the metaphor. The, the, the stages are not that quick. The no. stages are never that quick. They took this storyline... And granted, yes, it was very gory, it was very over-the-top, it was very dark. But th- there wasn't... There wasn't periods. Like, it wasn't a slow decline. It was just, bam, bam, we're done. Like, that would have been, yeah, if they had just extended that and gone more into detail, like, why does she hate the other fairies so much? Well, you know, give her, give her a good, decent reason 
and let everything play out. My problem is, you have Maleficent. She wasn't invited to a party. She got bent about it. She got bent out of shape, and then she puts a curse on the little one. I am fine with that noise. I am completely and totally okay with that storyline. What I am not okay with is that there was a love triangle between Stefan, Maleficent, and whomever else. Like, why? Why does there need to be romance involved? Why can't it just be... uh, Why can't it just be? Yeah. Like, even if there wasn't romance involved, I think that would have improved it. I think it would have just been like... If he'd managed to sneak into the fairy realm and steal her wings, then, like, that was where everything started. Because the, the scene in the in the christening is one of the best scenes of the whole movie. It's one of the most iconic Disney scenes created. And it, it, it feels... Because Angelina Jolie is a great actress, so she can... She's pulling a lot of really good emotion through a lot of really mediocre material and christening scene is where she she really shines because they're taking a lot of cues from the original movie so like all of the evil and anger and vindication like I love when she makes the king beg Mm -hmm. like that is and she makes the king beg and little bit like stuff like that where she gives him like that backhanded hope like I wanted more of that and I didn't get that I got sort of you wanted more villain from the villain yeah like if I'm going to watch how a villain becomes a villain I want to see I want the fall to be tragic and eternal like I don't (laughs) I don't want someone who tripped down the stairs I am most frightened about what Disney is going to do when they remake Cruella what? Oh yes. Why? Oh, I am I am busting spoilers, They've... kids. We are getting a Cruella movie in two thousand, I think either fifteen or sixteen. But we've already seen her live action. I'm... How Ooh. many more times do we need to see that? Too yes. many apparently. Listen, hey, Glenn not going to be in it, but apparently she's producing it. She's an executive hair. producer on it. Mm. Yeah, stuff like this like makes my hair stand on end because of how big a Disney villain fan I am like the Disney villain of yesteryear is gone like we don't get any more we don't get any more over the top theatrical numbers I mean granted yes we have uh, Mother Knows Best we have uh, I Got Friends on the Other Side that's fine Frozen there was nothing there was Hans fantastic whatever that was a really here's the thing I'm gonna I'm gonna give this to Frozen because um I did not see that coming yeah, I mean, they definitely, they definitely pulled it off well. It yeah. went well with well, the story. You know what's funny? If you go back and listen to um, the love song between um, Anna and, and Hans, there's actually hints of it in the lyric. Yeah. Lyrics, but you Wait, really there's would. what? There's hints of what he's going to do in the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> of that song. Okay. So actually, now that we've stumbled onto this topic, um, let's talk about modern Disney. Um, you know, we've obviously got the big huge was in theaters for four months uh won all of the awards ever to ever be won uh new musical uh frozen when you when you compare i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna piss on everyone's parade when you compare <laughs> frozen to a masterpiece that is the lion king i take issue with it yeah i'm never you're never gonna hear me say that because they're not they're never going to be on the same level because they're produced by completely different teams exactly 
So, right, but I, I really feel that that they're that they're going through an, a second Disney Renaissance, probably starting with, I would say, the Princess and the Frog, which I think is a little oh bit God. underrated. No, no, it is exactly rated exactly where it needs to be. Low. I love Princess and the Frog. I thought that, that on, movie. Than, what was that movie with the cows? No, we, we don't um, talk about Home on the Range. We don't talk about Home on the Range. We will not discuss that. There yeah. was a yodeling villain in it, for God's sake. It was a movie I about can cows. Tell, never saw it. Yay! It was. It was not. You're good. lucky. You're very um, lucky. Here's here's my problem with Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog was uninspiring at best, and and it's a shame because I like the princess. I like who she is, but every other element of the story is not engaging. Well, I feel that way about Tarzan. So oh, well, Tarzan was kind of part of the decline of the era. Yeah, that, unfortunately. The decline basically started around the whole Emperor's New Groove. Uh, Which is an amazing movie. Uh, I mean, of course, it's a great movie, but it started to like curtail a little bit. Like there was, yeah. a, there was a dip. There's the, that was the thing is that the Disney was going through a lot of staff changes, and a so lot we of ended up with classics such as Home on the Range and I mean yeah. Atlantis and Treasure Planet. They were great movies, but they didn't do what Disney wanted them to do. And that's yeah. how we ended up with DreamWorks. Right. Jeffrey Katzenberg got ousted yep. out of Disney. But, I, I mean, we've been seeing the movies go from that era of just meh, and with, like, Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Frozen, I think that's, like, seeing that new inspiration coming from having Pixar as a partner, they, they kind of got a new breed of animators and new inspiration to kind of do go back to their their well, I wouldn't say roots but that golden age that we had in the 90s can we talk about we need to talk about a movie that we're all ignoring and we're all forgetting and it really deserves a lot more praise than it gets Brave Fun and Fantasy? Brave oh I liked no, no. Brave I that's adored a, Brave that's a Pixar movie though that's, it's a Disney Pixar movie uh, no, actually, yeah. it's it's a, just a Disney movie, I believe. It, no, it's it's a Pixar movie. I'm looking at I'm looking at okay. right now. Well, it's a Disney Pixar joint venture because Disney's name was slathered all over that. That yeah, movie was released by Pixar, though. That movie uh, deserves uh, a lot more credit because that movie was incredible. It was nice seeing like a female lead in a Pixar movie, mm-hmm. as opposed to okay, we have male toys. Okay, we have a male fish. <gasps> Where's Dory? Oh, so stoked for that coming out. Um, find, finding Dory. Yeah. I'm still yeah. waiting on The Incredibles too. Yeah, so am I. Incredibles, I only ever liked three Disney Pixar movies. Only three. And it was A Bug's Life, Incredibles, and Brave. So the thing that's <laughs> so tough for me is... Uh, okay, I work for Apple. Mm-hmm. Our, my CEO, the former CEO who, who's no longer with us was the own or the CEO of both Apple and Disney at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so we had or sorry, Pixar, thank you. And it's just there was so much Pixar stuff in the store. I'm just like, no, no. See, no. I just don't like Pixar's movies never appealed to me. They lacked whimsy. Like they were just they were so desperate to make you sad or emotional just just to get you into some kind of emotional state they were just you will have the feels like it was so (laughs) desperate like it was like hell toy story 3 they go through literal toy auschwitz like yeah 
you do you do know we're getting Toy Story four before we're getting uh, the oh I do because because it, it, the emotional manipulation works like it works like people are e- very easily emotionally manipulated so very broad emotionally manipulative things appeal so for me like the weird thing with Toy Story is Andy and I are the exact same age. Yeah. And, like, in every movie, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess Andy's going to college. Oh, that's the same time I'd be going to college. Oh, this is weird. So I have this weird tangent with Toy Story and Andy. See, I've never liked Toy Story. Like, it just never appealed to me. I really enjoyed the first one, but that's because it was released when I was a kid. The second one, meh. Whatever like, that was the thing, is that, like, People, a lot of kids my age love Toy Story, and they all had Buzz Lightyear toys, and I was just like, I'm not into it. Like, give me oh. my hand-drawn animation and my musicals and, like, all the crazy magic and everything every every day of the week, because I don't want Toy Story. I'm very sad that Disney's pretty much abandoned hand-drawn traditional animation. Me it makes me very sad. It makes I, me I would like to see something that's not 3D. You know what uh, Disney Pixar movie actually made me upset? Um, Wally. Why? Because the first half Why? of the movie is a great story, and then it devolves into a Captain Planet episode. Oh, yeah. That's fair enough. And it's just preachy beyond all belief. Like Environmentalism. A, like, I get I mean, it. Okay. Like okay it's, so it's just like... It's like recycle or you'll be fat too because apparently if you're fat you immediately lose all music, culture, remembrance of history. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to bring in the local area tie into that. So Pixar is in Emeryville. Emeryville is right next door to Berkeley. Berkeley is where all the crunchy granola hippies of the modern era are. So yeah. it's really, that, there's a lot of influence as far as where Pixar is in mm-hmm. that movie. Like it's, the, I would have gotten the recycle message, without the entire second half of the film. Mm-hmm. Like I picked up on it immediately. Our main character is a tiny little trash robot in a world full of trash. Like I, I, I get that, and it's it's really cute to see him fall in love with another robot here to, to to find something on Earth. But then like, the entire latter half of the movie is just like. Don't be fat. Recycle. Don't be fat. Recycle. I'm just like, you don't have to bludgeon me over the head with this. For sure. <laughs> like, it, the lack of subtlety was really just what pissed me off. Going back to that one topic of traditional animation, mm-hmm. um, I feel as though it's unfortunately a lost art, and it's only like being reverted to like cartoon, like Cartoon Network now. Like, I mean, I look back to, I'm unfortunately a Disney purist where I'm not crazy about today's Disney because it's not two-dimensional. I mean, and there's mm-hmm. also, there's also, like, not the stories that I am so fond of and so, so, like, ugh, over. Like, I mean, um, Snow White, Pinocchio, Dumbo, uh, Cinderella, Lady and the Tramp. Fun and fancy free. Like these are these are movies where there's just traditional animation, traditional basic storytelling. I mean, there's a conflict. There's there's heroism. There's mm-hmm. mice. There's mice. There's <laughs> mice. There's mice. Very, there's always mice. There's always mice. 
Um, what oh. I what I miss most with like the hand drawn animation is the uh, the opportunity to sort of change the art and mm-hmm. have the origins of the story influence the art. Oh, for like, sure. Like with Hercules, you see a lot of like the way that Grecian art was done. You see that reflected in the way art was done for the movie, and in Mulan, you see a lot of Sumier painting done. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not like they don't have people who can do this art. If you go to Disneyland, you go to Disney World, there are still people who can recreate the Disney styles mm-hmm. in, they, like, they cell drawings. They don't, it's they just, don't... unfortunately, cell shading is so much more expensive these days. Sure, but it, it it's kind of like you... That's why we collect antiques. That's why we still <laughs> practice old school stuff is because there's an art form to it. There are so many, there are so many, um, I apologize for cutting you off on that one, but there are so many, uh, like, prints and uh, Uh reference drawings and just so much from years and years and years of Disney animation that these artists of today are, like, going back to. And I'd like for them to, like, start start using those more in today's animation. Like, with Moana, I want to see some more uh, traditional-based artistry here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and you know they can do a. They they basically don't need to actually do it as traditional animation. They can do it all in the computer. They can just do it as two D. Sure. If wanted to, you know, um, Tangled was actually originally supposed to be two D. It was originally supposed to basically look like an animated uh, watercolor painting, which I was really excited for. And then they just switched it. They just said switch it to three D animation, which made me very sad. Well, because um, it was by that point they were aping. Um, DreamWorks, so yeah, uh, like you could tell even from the promotional material and from the way that it was done that it was meant to look like a DreamWorks movie. And I just let let Pixar be your DreamWorks company. Yeah, I think I think Disney should 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 focus on traditional animation, and Pixar should focus on three D animation. That should be I the development. Okay, um, I'm gonna change topics back to one of the things we were talking about, which is Frozen. Good. Um, and also tying into Once Upon a Time. So I, I have watched every go. single episode. You know what? <laughs> enough out of you, John. No know. more dad jokes. <laughs> um, so Do you want things... to build a snowman? No, I don't want to build a snowman. Stop it. <laughs> I, I feel okay. like I'm the only person that didn't fall in love with Frozen. I liked it. It was a fun movie. Um, but the thing that I see that's kind of interesting that I've that Disney's doing is they released Frozen basically last year at this time. Mm-hmm. But now in Once Upon a Time, they're basically adding on to the canon of that story. And wait, wait, wait. I find I find that fascinating. That's the thing that's yeah, I know. I find it so interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that might get me yelled at. Uh, I have never seen an episode of Once Upon a Time. That's fine. Yeah. You don't have to. But yeah, okay. Know. So I will say now that, yes, spoiler alert, I'm going to try and talk as broadly as I can about Once Upon a Time in the current season. It's not a surprise that Elsa is in this season. <sighs> it's, we knew this. We knew this from the end of the last season. She's in it. I haven't seen it, so I didn't catch up. I've given you three months, John. Um, so the thing that's just so interesting about what they're doing with Frozen is because it was released only a year ago. They're doing a tie-in. It's live-action characters 
but they get to continue on the canon of the story of Frozen, and you get to revisit the characters and see what they look like as real people. Um, but it's really interesting seeing the story of Once Upon a Time tie in and weave in with Arendelle and the trolls and all this really interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and of course, no one's even mentioned that we had a new Disney film released two days ago. What? Oh, yeah, we did. Big Hero 6. Oh, right. The Hero 6. I almost completely forgot about that. I have to go and see it. Yeah. Yeah. It um, looks really good. Yeah, what, I mean, what do you guys think of, you know, basically Big Hero 6 was a, was a, was a Marvel uh, comic book property. What do you think of the kind of the mixture of Marvel and and Lucasfilm now into the whole Disney world? What right? I love about Disney is that they are like ancient Rome. Um, <laughs> they'll appropriate the shit out of you and they'll be like, they'll do it efficiently and usually brutally. But once they have you, so long as you're bringing in the money, they'll let you do whatever you want. I, I'm just happy to be able to say that Thor is a Disney princess. You know, I was going to be the one to say that, and I am so thankful that you did it for me. You're welcome. Did you say uh, Thor is a Disney princess? Thor is, Thor is now princess. a Disney princess. Thor. Thor. So, uh... God of Thunder? Goddess of Thunder. Yeah. Oh, 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 you mean comic book Thor. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of, like, Avengers. regular, <laughs> regular, like, movie Thor. No. And I'm, I'm like... I'm like, um, did someone we're, need to tell me something about Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> we're making Wait, fun is, tangents. Does that mean Leia is also yes, a Disney is. princess? Well, technically, oh. the planet that she was a princess of got blown up, so uh, no, no. Well, they still called her princess. Don't you yeah. dash the fanboy dreams. She was only a princess until midway through the first movie, and then after that, it was just sort of like nobody had the heart to be like you're not really a princess anymore because everybody that you ruled is sort of dead. You know, there were probably some people off-planet. Yeah, when... but but where, like, you it's can't really... The diaspora have... of yeah. Alderaan. Yeah. The, the, the Alderaan. Al- Alderanian diaspora. She's yeah. like... Well, then she wouldn't she be a queen? Uh, you're a queen. Well, I okay. am. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so if she would be a queen, then... So is Elsa. Yes, Elsa, yes, Elsa is a they're, queen. They crown her in the beginning her. of the movie. <laughs> I know, and they're considering her a Disney princess. She's not a Disney princess. She's a Disney queen. Anna is a Disney princess. I agree with this. But uh, supposedly Elsa's going to be a princess. God damn it, that's not how princessing works. I agree. But then again, <laughs> then again, the Disney princess label has always been kind of fast and loose with that. I mean, Mulan is in there. Yeah, um, so is Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who Wait, they're supposed to have married. How, how is Alice Victoria? You know, how is Alice a princess? Because she's an official Disney princess. Because she's a king, she's a Kingdom Hearts princess. Mm. Yes, and and the Disney princess stuff that's branded for little girls for Disney as Disney princess. She's in. It's. It's not actually making... It's not born of any sense. It's just a label. I just wish like hell that Elsa was a villain instead of a queen. Well, that's, that's the fun thing, is you get to see her be both. I, 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 that's that's one, my, one of my one complaints about Frozen, is that if the movie had sort of been her struggling with her resentment of, like... I would have really liked to see like her struggling with her resentment 
of Anna, like her, Anna's able to live a regular, completely normal life, and Elsa has had to live in fear for the past ten years. Like, if they had gone, like, with a story like that, it would have been more interesting um, in terms okay. of the villains. So I'm, I'm going to tie in Once Upon a Time. You get to explore a little bit more of the ancestry of that family. Good. Which is really interesting in seeing what evil may come. And were those even Elsa's parents? Audible gasp. <gasps> Yeah, they looked exactly like her. (laughs) They looked exactly like her. Like this, and in the movie, so that they were a little more accurate, you know. See, and with the Nords and the Swedes, yeah. I will give this to Frozen. Um, Frozen was the one Disney movie that I actually felt the CGI enhanced because it actually made the ice magic look really good. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, it, it made... I think one of the problems is that they released Let It Go early, and that so... Was... I'm over that song. I so will let it never go, be over that song. Had Let It Go released, the original storyline would have been Elsa as a villain. See, I... Because of Let It Go, they turned her into, like, the, the pop princess that she is now. They can Ooh. do that, I don't care, because Let It Go is probably one of the best songs to come out of Disney in years. I just have a question. And it's written by the people who write Avenue Q, and I love Avenue Q. Every drag queen agrees with you. Can we all collectively agree that Olaf is the spitting image of Jar Jar Banks? Yeah. He was yeah. utterly and completely pointless. <laughs> like, even his even his entrance was out of absolutely bloody who nowhere. So, I, I never understood Elsa's... So, she can create ice and snow, but she can also give life? Yeah. Yeah, Ross is gonna have a fucking field day. Um, I'm well. Watch Once Upon a Time; it explains more. Yeah. Um, (laughs) shameless plug. (laughs) Shameless plug yet again. (laughs) Yeah, there were there were a couple characters in Frozen that were actually completely superfluous. Like you had, um, Lord Red Harrington, uh. Oh yeah, the, the the Duke or whatever. The, the Duke, Duke of, of Wesselton. Earl of Wesselton. Who was literally there to just be like, oh, it's going to be, that guy's going to be the villain, and then he's not. Uh, which I'm fine with. But you know who I'm not fine with? The cast of fucking Fraggle Rock. It'll be in a live. Like, <laughs> even, even the song they sing sounds like Fraggle Rock's intro. They're like, they're like, they're like, Rock Smurfs, I think. They're tr- they're supposed to be trolls, but they're, trolls. they're they're fucking fraggles, is what they are. Let's, let's be frank. No, no, I'm gonna be John. Thank you. Rude. Uh, two okay. Two of my favorite characters from Frozen are Kristoff because he's pretty to look at. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I'll Sven. give it. See, that Sven. was I. I really liked. I characters I really loved. It was all the core characters. So I really loved Elsa. I really loved any conversation that Anna and Kristoff have. Mm-hmm. Like they, <coughs> they made a really, really good couple because like just their back and forth and their asides and all their bickering and their ridiculousness. And then I love that the, the Disney, like the big hero this time was just like a big fucking goofball. Yep. 
Like I love that. Like I'm 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 really glad that they're like in this place where they're comfortable with letting like the guy who's supposed to be the big hero prince be just a ridiculous goofball. I'm, well, they I'm, sort of I'm, did the same thing with Flynn Rider. Kind of. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm the I'm not okay with who they chose for the live action Kristoff. Is he not as I'm buff? Not, He's I'm not, not as pretty. I'm not thrilled in the slightest. Does he but have whatever. the Nordic nose? No. He doesn't God have much of anything. He, yeah, he's he's definitely not from Scandinavia. He needs to be a six-foot-tall, gigantic Swede. I agree. They made him blonde. Well, he was supposed to be... Kristoff uh, uh, was supposed to be one of the, 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 the Sami people from northern... Um, northern uh uh Nor- norway or wherever that are actually dark i will say this i make a better Kristoff than the one that they have on the tv show uh mostly what i'm looking forward to in more disney stuff is i i want a lot of the the musical um creativity that went into frozen to continue and I want the story making that went into Brave to continue. So you want Broadway musical with like dramatic epic? Yeah. See, that's the thing. Is I love, love, love Brave because it is the perfect way of showing a character who is admirable when you first meet her, but still has a lot of places to go. And I can believe that. Yeah. Plus, one of the characters was a bear. Several of the characters were bears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, it's as a Celt myself. Uh, the whole thing was very near and dear to my heart. They actually got people who did the accents. All the music was authentic, but Disney's never had really a problem with that. No, so Mary Poppins. I'm sorry. Sorry, case in point, Mary Poppins. Yeah, Traditions. except for Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> uh, whatever, Dick Van Dyke. Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Dick yeah. Van Dyke and his Cockney accent alone. It's hilarious. Yeah. Anyone, anyone who's seen the, the movie uh, Saving Mr. Banks yes. knows the stupid rumors about uh, about uh, oh, Mary Poppins by Tim Burton is a complete fabrication. Oh yeah, I'd I'd actually be okay with a, like Tim Burton doing some sort. Of- I would be okay with it so long as Helena Bonham Carter didn't play Mary Poppins. No. Yes. I would and need John like. Deb can play. I would need like. I would need like if I'm gonna pick a, a a Tim Burton Disney Mary Poppins. I need Tilda Swinton or yes. Maybe maybe yes. Kate Blanchett, but I'm really pulling for Tilda Swinton. Maybe Emma Thompson. No, I'm all for Tilda Swinton. Although I'm all Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I don't think can sing. I love Tilda Swinton. Like she, she is like my go-to creepy bitch. I love her. Um, yes, she was. Are they ever gonna make any more of those um, Narnia uh, movies? Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> because oh. Uh, oh, wait, no, they are. They are doing um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. But it's been so, so long. Yeah. Like I, I can't. Oh, next one anyway. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to remember when Caspian came out. Like four years ago. Well, they they already did the 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 one after Caspian. They already did Voyage uh, of the Dawn Treader. Yeah, they did it like gosh, three four years ago. That was the Jesus. last one. Maybe that's why they haven't made it anymore. Nobody knew it came out. 
Because I, um, I didn't see it. What are we looking forward to that's coming out? Yeah. Well, while you think on that, uh, I, I would like to read you a very quick poem. Uh, oh, first. Roses are Johnny Depp. Violets are Johnny Depp. Depp. Johnny Depp. By Tim Burton. Read by Helena Boehm Carter. <laughs> Music by Danny Elfman. I'll give them this. They did make the uh, movie version of Sweeney Todd, which I love. Oh, that was so good. It was really that good. That was like the perfect cast. For it was them. very impressive. It was very impressive. Ooh, Into the Woods. I'm Into excited for that. I'm excited for that. I'm excited Into for that. Into the Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. I want that costume. Yes. I want that wig. Ooh. Meryl Streep and Anna Kendrick. Who... And Johnny Depp. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Cup song? What? Is she going to do the cup song? Yes. Anna Kendrick? Anna Kendrick yeah. is going to do the cup song of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm, I, you see, I, I love Anna Kendrick, and I'll see her in almost anything except for Pitch Perfect, because that movie was stupid. It was stupidly amazing. I have a soft spot for acapella. See, I have a soft spot for interesting acapella, but if all you're going to do is, like, lazily arranged acapella of the top 40 at the time, then I'm bored. Okay. I'm looking forward to, what is it, Moana? Yes. Moana. Because it's not the first time they've done something Polynesian, so I'm interested to see how this differs from Lilo and Stitch. Well, other than taking place like 2,000 years before Lino and Stitch? I'm talking more about the art. Uh, less about yeah, the plot, I, which involves I, aliens. I, I, I get a feeling it'll probably probably be influenced by traditional Polynesian art. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, lack of nookies got me. Hey, hey, what? Did you get possessed real quick? No, that's Polynesian. You could ask oh. that Midler. It definitely oh. sounded like you said the lack of nookies got me. That's exactly what I said. Oh. Oh. Okay. Polynesian sounds suspiciously like English. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, All like, I'm doing is going by Bette Midler, and we all know how accurate she can be. Yeah. Uh, like, for me, I think the thing that I'm looking forward to is, I, I've already said it, Finding Dory. Dory was like one of my favorite characters in Finding Nemo, and I love Ellen DeGeneres so much. I love Ellen, but I hate Finding Nemo. But it's about Dory. No, no, it's kind of but, about unrelated set pieces sewn together sloppily with a ramshackle plot. But, but, but Dory. I'll give I'll give Dory this. Ellen was the best part of that entire movie. Exactly, Dory. But I don't know how you're going to make an entire plot about laughing at a character with mental problems. Yeah. About that. I I tragically am looking forward to the Cruella movie because, uh, I mean, yes, Once Upon a Time is going to bring Cruella into the mix. But, I mean, Disney villains of yesteryear don't get nearly enough good treatment. I just want some more fucking merchandise to buy. I mean, (laughs) Disney has so many fucking villains that they can cash in on and... I mean, so you just, just want a Dalmatian coat. Fuck and yeah, I do. You see, Disney, D- the Disney villains usually have the best songs. They have the best songs, the best costumes, the best voice actors. I mean, it, uh, my favorite anecdote, my favorite fucking anecdote. Do you know how 
uh, the Wicked Queen in Snow White got her voice to sound so raspy and scraggly. She Ooh. ate sand? She took out her teeth. I'm sorry? <laughs> I am not shitting you. She took out her teeth. That's how she sounded like the old crone. Well, that's hardcore. She... Did she Did have she... false teeth? Yeah, she had false teeth. Oh, okay. that's an important thing to say, Tom. <laughs> that, well, I mean, I would have imagined it would have been the same thing. No, she didn't punch her teeth out. Just like she's, hey, she's in the sound booth with a, like a couple of pliers, just pulling. This is, back the, this is back in the 30s, kids. Dentures are still, were still the thing back then. Okay. But yeah, she took out her dentures, and that made her sound, you know, all, all rough and scraggly and and fabulous and. <sighs> I just love it. I yeah. I have an unnatural, unhealthy obsession with all things that revolve around Disney villains because I myself am a Disney villain. I think one of my favorite. Uh, okay, let's 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 do this. Let's talk about our favorite villain song because I think I think Tom, you and I probably have a similar one, if not the same exact one. It's entirely okay. possible. So, Adam, do you have one? I uh, give me a minute. Okay, Jonathan, what's yours? Uh, it would be Ursula. I think we're all going to say that, except for maybe Adam well, won't. Prepared. Jeez. I, I'm kind I of... Don't, well, hold on. No, no, no. If we're going to go that way, then why don't we just, like, say a Disney villain song that resonates... Not, I mean, not resonates with us, but... I mean, that we can just talk about and how it, like, sounds melodic and lyrics and all that fun stuff. I mean, because obviously the top contender is Poor Unfortunate Souls. Well, you see, I think the reason that Poor Unfortunate Souls is the top contender is that it has everything that a good villain song needs. Like, it's got... It starts very slow, very quiet, and the entire song is a crescendo in both speed, intensity, and volume. And the whole time, like, it's just ridiculous innuendos explosions like it's, it's a just perfect like song orgasms. yes so is it just me or did Jafar not ever get a song Why oh did he, Prince he did Ali. He, he had Prince, Prince Ali, Ali reprise or Prince Ali yeah, reprise he didn't get a full song that's because Robin he Williams was, was there to, he, it was because Robin Williams was there no uh, Jonathan Freeman he was supposed to have a song called like why me uh, basically, like lamenting to how he was like such a, he was a pillar, uh, a royal vizier, and all this, fun. and now he's just like, I'm sad, I'm a sad sack. And him and Gilbert Godfrey were supposed to have um, a duet, and it would have been magnificent. But I mean, they ended up cutting it and giving him Prince Ali reprise, and uh, unfortunately, that was that was it. He did get a whole song in the sequel, and well, also that, and he was also in the uh, the musical. Jonathan Freeman played Jafar in the Aladdin musical. There you go. So he yeah. got his he got his reward. His eternal reward. Although I have to say the song in the sequel was not good. No, it wasn't. Granny was not gonna grab me. Was that was that the one where the guy that plays Homer in The Simpsons? Dan Castellanetta, yeah. He plays the genie. God God bless him, he tried. He did. Yeah. He failed, but he tried. And that kids is why you 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 honor your SAG agreements. <laughs> um. I, well, let's see. There's also there's also Oogie Boogie's song. Ooh, that one's good. That's a very jazzy poppy song. I mean, I mean, when you have Ken Page like big lipped alligator moment from All Dogs Go to Heaven playing oh, Oogie God. Boogie, you can't go wrong. Yeah. There's there's no wrong there. 
yeah, I really um, loved that. That one that one was always really good. Hellfire was another good one. Oh, that one's that one's really That's good. So dark. But I I don't so get dark. like See, I don't get the same like feeling. I I never count that because like that's always something I watch that like it gives me chills to watch because it's so well done. But like, you know, the other ones I enjoy watching. That one I like to watch because it actually like is intense and frightens me a little. Mhm. It's villain song song by the villain has to be Cruella Deville. Well, that's the first villain song. Ever. I don't think she sings. Does she sing a song? She does not. She does sing not it. sing a song. The 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 guy. Oh, he sings a song Roger. about her. Yeah, Roger sings the song. Yeah, yeah. And that that was like that's really good because like she's she's so posh. She doesn't even have to sing her own theme song. She has someone else sing her song for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think I figured out what my my villain songs are. My first one's going to be a technicality, which is the Imperial March. <laughs> I'll allow it <laughs> because as a kid, if, you, if only you knew how many techno remixes of that song I had on my iPod. I, I like that song because it's just such like a clear. It's become so synonymous with evil. Nope, that's the wrong one. Like I'm I, just like I remember. I was watching. I was watching a review of Charmed. Like somebody was doing a review of Charmed, and like, like, cause she she hated the show. So like, halfway through the episode, there's like an I don't know, there's like a scene where they're getting out of an elevator, and she just plays the Imperial March over it, and it <laughs> becomes instantly hilarious. Um. Okay. So then my other one, which is probably more traditional, would be the Siamese Cat song from Aristocrats. Oh, no. oh damn! I we forgot are... about that. No, that's from Lady and the Tramp. That is from Lady Cyan and the Tramp. Am, Cyan Am. That that oh, yeah. is the name of the kid. It is Lady and the Tramp. Those that cats indeed, Lady and the still Tramp. freak me out. Those, yeah. I hate those cats. They freak and me Peggy the hell out. And Peggy voiced them. Those, I, I hate the way that those cats are drawn in in mm-hmm. that movie. I don't know what it is, but they freak me out. It's because they have such wide heads and their blue eyes. Mm-hmm. They're creepy. And I I, I just. I, I hate that song. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Just on pure creep factor. So, did you have another one, Adam? Um, other than that, it would be Cruella Deville. Her her song. See, um, now that we're on villain songs, I think I want to talk again about Princess and the Frog, because the villain song is where I really feel like that movie let me down. Friends on really? the other side. Yeah, because Friends on the Other Side feels like it's going to be Poor Unfortunate Souls if you kick the legs out from Poor Unfortunate Souls halfway through the song. Yeah, there wasn't much of, uh, there wasn't much of like you said, a crescendo. There wasn't much of that. It just sort of got to the middle, there was dialogue, and then it just sort of spiraled ended. downward. Yeah, it just sort of ended. Like, there was plenty of places, like, because Poor Unfortunate Souls is dialogue all through the song. But, like, it still picks up an energy all throughout the song, even when they're having the discussion. So it's just, like, you gotta keep the energy flowing, guys. Mm-hmm. They really sort of didn't went, like... I mean, as soon as the little talisman, like, drew the blood, I'm like, okay. Okay, here it comes. All right, I'm getting the bump, 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 bump. Like, fantastic, we're going, we're going. Mm-hmm. And then it just ended. And I'm like, what? It's, that was that was pathetic. 
See, see, they they didn't do the build up. They did like the opening, where it's slow, and then they just jumped right to the end. And like you're confused because there's no build up. And unfortunately, Goliath's voice actor—I cannot recall his name for the life of me—but I mean, he did a fantastic job with the voice acting. Mm-hmm. But that song was just—it—it it wasn't there. Yeah, the energy did, just was never there. Did did Hades have a song in Hercules? I don't remember. I don't think he did. I don't think they could have paid James Woods enough money for him to sing a song. He didn't <laughs> need a song. He did not need a song. I've never they did, seen. They made. They did make a song for him from the from the uh, the muses, but that was about it. The, like he absolutely did not need a song. That James Woods did so good with that role. My personal favorite is he came into the audition center and said, "Hi, name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing?" And they hired him on the spot because that was absolutely perfect. Like, can you like that? He was the best part of that movie easily. Him and Meg. Okay. The sass. I'm going to say factors. that I think he sang, but not in the movie. I think it was in the TV animated series. I could believe that. I don't think that was James Woods. No, I don't think it was. Um, I really love James. Like, if I'm talking about Disney actors who were casted so perfectly, I can't see them as anything other than their Disney roles. Uh, he's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And I think Meg actually has one of my favorite Disney songs of all time, which is yes. uh, Sam and Love." Yep, because yes, that so. was that whole movie I love because I love gospel and I love um, Motown. It was it was such a weird mix. I love it. I I, I don't understand. It was so nice. It was like a really neat juxtaposition when you think about oh, it. Yeah, that was a good word. Good word to use. Because it's just like you, Christian gospel to talk about ancient Greek mythology. uh, Mythology, like it's a really neat idea. Okay, I can't believe as a group of bears we have not even mentioned Brother Bear. There's Brother Bear. There's the Country Bear Jamboree. I think there's a reason nobody has talked about Brother Bear. I never. Oh yes. (laughs) Nobody ever saw it. I never saw it either. It was no home on the range. Am I right? Um. This is true. It was not home on the range, and I thank God for that. But still. Chicken Little. No movie will ever compare to the abysmal nonsense that is home on the range. I'm still glad I never saw it. If I'm going to go with a pre-Columbian youth uh, in in, uh, America, I'm going to go with Emperor's New Groove. Sorry. I hated that movie. It was terrible. Are you uh, are you How high? Did you say okay. that? What? Okay. Because I hate what's his face. David yeah. Spade. We all hate David Spade, but that's a different story. Like, Eartha Kitt, man. Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton are a team in this movie. John Goodman, for God's sake! Listen, I will watch that movie just for Eartha Kitt because she sells she made that it. Movie. She, made, she it. made that movie. Like, it's, it's it was so perfect. I thought that the original idea that they had, Kingdom of the Sun, which would have been a much more traditional Disney movie, would have been much better. No. And they would, I would have never would have enjoyed it. Snuff Out the Light in it. Snuff I, Out the Light would have actually been in the movie instead of just on the album. I would not have been able to enjoy it half so much if it was a serious Disney movie. 
like there were just so many re- like it's everything I love about ridiculous cartoon comedy, like amazing voice acting. It was slapstick, it was slapstick yeah. animated comedy. Like I got to see, <laughs> just like just like the whole speech she gets. I'll turn him into a flea, a harmless little flea, and then and I'll then put the, I'll put that flea in a box, in a box and, and I'll put that box in, in a bigger box, and I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. Just that whole like the ridiculousness. I love it. It's so beautifully timed. The ancient Aztecs or whatever the heck they are. I think they're Incas. Didn't have mail. It's a comedy movie, Jonathan. Ooh, ooh. They I also didn't out. have magic potions that turned people into llamas. That's also a llama. Cool. He's supposed to be, be dead. dead. Yeah, uh, weird. <laughs> I think I have two more villain songs that I enjoy. Okay. Be prepared from Lion King. Oh, Nazis! Excellent. Yeah, and then I, I guess a pirate's life kind of counts as a villain song. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. That is from a Disney ride. I don't know if that really whoa, counts. Whoa, 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 yes. It was, it was... Well, if that one counts, then so does Grim Grinning Ghost. Okay. Which neither count, because they are not in a Disney animated movie. But then there you yeah, go. Well, there's, there's digital animation of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Be prepared, though. Let's discuss that for a hot Yeah. Second. Because of Nazis. Jeremy Irons... Did not Jeremy, sing that song, actually. He did. Hold did. on. He, oh, he did. did. Up until he blew out his vocal cords on You Won't Get a Sniff Without Me, and then it turned over to Winnie the Pooh. Okay, yeah. I thought, I thought, um, I'm going to yeah. forget his name. He sings everything for Disney. Tim Cummings? Yeah, something like that. Jim Cummings. Yeah, Jim, Cummings. Jim Cummings. There we go. Yeah, he sings everything for Disney. So uh, I know that he took over halfway through. But I love Jeremy Irons, so I loved him as Scar because he is the most mincing, gay, evil stereotype I've ever seen in a movie. Yep. And when you can, when you look at it's hysterical. Even when you look at the animation of what they originally wanted Scar to look like compared to Mufasa, it looked like Jeremy Irons being compared to uh, James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. It's, it's James Earl Jones is this is this powerful, masterful looking man, and Jeremy Irons is just this twiggy little British guy. Well, I, what I want to know, they call him Scar. Was that just because, was, was he actually named Scar? His, or was name, like... his name is actually Taka, if I'm not mistaken. T-A-K-A. They had, Disney, I think, originally had a giant mythology to go along with all of these stories, and they have them released, I don't know where. Okay, see, what had happened was, <laughs> Scar was out on the Sahara's. And uh, he was run over by a rhinos, and he ended up getting a scar in his eye. So, being the melodramatic feline that he is, like, changed his name from Taka to Scar. Yep. That's basically what happened. In a nutshell. So, sounds like he should be, like, selling, like, lunch wraps or something. Well, the thing that I love about all of the stuff in The Lion King is what the names actually mean. Um, like Taka, for example, dirt, garbage. Um, Simba, meaning yeah. lion. Mm-hmm. Not too creative with that Kimba one, but lion. yeah, actually, we we'll, we'll, we won't talk about Kimba the white lion here because that might involve <laughs> lawsuits. So, oh yes, we don't want that. 
Asante Sana Squash Banana Way Way Nugu Mimi Apana really does mean it. I'm a baboon and you're not. We so. did the favorite song. What's everyone's favorite, like, funny sidekick song? Never had a friend like me. That's a good one. Um, it's not funny, but my favorite sidekick song is Be Our Guest. That's oh, that's an that's... adorable one. That one is what? fun for the whole family. Nobody, nobody <laughs> who can that? What happened? Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Eh, that's okay. We got a catchy African catchphrase song. It's neat. Uh, never, well, come never on, really... no, Under the Sea is another, another like. Oh, song. So that one's a really good business. song. I love that song. Mm-hmm. I was so pissed off when I was younger because we had to like actually do a dance to Under the Sea, and I actually went up to my teacher and I'm like, "Why can't we dance to Poor Unfortunate Souls?" And she goes, "Tom, get out of my face." Um. The Bare Necessities from Jungle Book. Good one. Good one, good one, good one. Yeah. God, and don't... also, even I Want to Be Like You. Phil Harris and Louis Prima. I mean, that is a match made in fucking heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, I- I'm curious on a slightly serious topic. Complain, uh, though. Slightly. It's about uh, <laughs> some accusations here and there throughout Disney's history of like various... You know, bits of racism all the way from Song of the South all the way up to the fact that everyone in uh, in Frozen was white. You know, it's so in Scandinavia, right? But again, there's there's the there's the Sami people who, you know, are are look a little bit more Asiany. Sure, but the story isn't a Sami story. It is a Danish story. It takes place mm-hmm. in Denmark and Sweden, full of white people. I thought it took place in Norway. Like, no, it's a Danish story. So it takes place in basically what would be Denmark or feudal uh, Sweden. Yeah. You heard about it. It's, it's a, accusing. It, like, I see that I don't like because people are trying to find problems where no problems exist. Like, it's it's a movie that is in Denmark and it is in or Sweden. It's a movie that is traditionally full of white people because it is in a place where white people come from. And Princess and the Frog is where? It's in Louisiana. Hey! And there are black people in it. They are being racially appropriate as far as where the location is and the characters. I just have a quick question for you all. Mm -hmm. 42. What makes the red man red? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Now that we're getting into that, (laughs) Disney... The problem with with that is people want to point the figure at Disney because it's easy and because people love Disney... But the thing is that they weren't doing anything any more racist. And actually, if you during look at, that time period, if you look at Tex Avery, uh, oh, Tex geez. Avery's oh, list God, of Tex Avery work, horrible. Yeah, they were actually a lot more progressive than a lot of their peers were at the time. Um, but they didn't like none of their characters were were like minstrel inherently, show bad inherently racist like Old, they were the, doing the, the crows the crows that was a stretch yeah well they <laughs> like they they were doing what was appropriate at the time to do if they'd yeah. have continued that trend to this day i would say jesus christ yeah they were racist yeah they were get racist those, back then get too get the fucking jim crow laws out god damn it but but that's the world was racist back then 
and it's kind of assholish to hold racism that is 50 years old against a company that has done its best in years after that to actually have racially conscious like ideals like all the people in Mulan were Asian all the people in uh, Pocahontas that were supposed to be played by Native Americans were played by Native Americans Aladdin is a notable exception but you know yeah. that can. was also during that was also during the Renaissance when you can sort of get away with that I mean Bell wasn't French the woman no. playing Bell wasn't French yeah so it's like it, it, they've taken their steps during the Disney Renaissance and later to be racially sensitive mm-hmm. like but, but they still won't with Song of the South on on, on video well, I think it's dangerous to not release stuff like that. I mean, it's got... These are folktales, is basically what Song of the South is. It's a, it's a collection of folktales. To deny that there was a racist bent to our folktales back in those days is dangerous. Well, I mean, on the same note, there's there were Disney shorts of World War Two mm-hmm. and Nazi <laughs> Germany that will never, ever, ever get aired Donald again. Duck meets Hitler. Donald Duck meets Hitler. Well, they, they, they're actually on. They release them. Um, Song of the South, you can't really find a lot. Uh, but you can actually get a copy of all of the, the Disney shorts that they did for World War II. And they have um, somebody basically explaining the context behind it about war propaganda and everything like that. By and, war bonds. Oh, sure. by war. It was even the same with Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Looney Tunes did it. Tex Avery did it. I mean, they, they were trying to sell bonds. And the way you sell bonds is to, like, get people attracted to it. How do you get people attracted to it? You find a common denominator. Animated cartoons is a common denominator. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't really like the, the accusations that people give Disney about being racist. Usually a lot of the stuff that they've done that has been interpreted... Well, here's here's my thing. I like to say, never ascribe to malice what you can ascribe to ignorance, and all the things that they've, all the things that have made them get accused of being racist are just things that were coming about because they either made a bad judgment call or they were ignorant at the time to progressiveness. Well, I mean, let, let let's be real here for like for a couple of seconds here. Disney's been around for 75, 80 years. Yeah. There's going to be something that's going to offend someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just... There's no getting away from that. Yeah. So if people are under the assumption that you're going to find, like, Disney racism in every single Disney film up, like, from 1930, 1935, 1936, all the way up to 2015, I mean, come on now. Uh, it, it comes down to this. Should we deny that Disney in the past was racist? No. But we should also be aware of the cultural context of that at the time. 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, when all of that shit was like, okay to do. Yeah. And and, and even back in the 40s, they had like, you ever see Saludos Amigos and the Three Caballeros were very... That was such a good movie. They were so nice towards, uh, towards... You know, Hispanic people. They were Brazilian very... culture, Brazilian culture, like Hispanic culture. All right, that is all the time we have for our extra special, extra long 10th episode of Bear Pile. I want to thank all of our guests for being here tonight and with us. And I want to thank my lovely co-host, Jonathan Moore. Yes, thank you. And uh, 
As always, I'm going to plug my comic. Uh, you can find it at uh, CodyTheCub.com. Excellent, excellent. And I want to thank our veteran for being here with us, Tom. Thank you, darlings. Uh, if you would like to find me and my lovely cosplay endeavors, you can find me at uh, www.facebook.com slash TomCat, T-O-M-C-A-T-T, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L, and that is me, and I have one rule for all of you, don't underestimate the importance of body language. (laughs) Oh, excellent. And I want to thank our Papa Bear for being here with us. Thank you very much, Adam. Oh, fantastic. Thank you for having me. Um, I guess things I have to plug, geekybears.com, as always, uh, my, it's, the website is officially one year old as of a couple days ago. What? I know this because my bill for geekybears.com just came in. Heyo. <laughs> so, if you are so inclined and you enjoy these lovely podcasts and uh, even Mama Bear's content, uh, just throw a few bucks on the donation buttons at the bottom of all the pages. It helps me to be able to help you guys listen to this stuff. Indeed. And uh, I, as always, am your Mama Bear, and you can always find my work. Uh, I'm working on a weekly serial now. It's not Halloween anymore. But if you still enjoy that tingle up your spine, I'm working on a horror story called The Bad Moon Band. And you can find that at the Geeky Bears website, and you can just look it up on there. All the chapters are up there. Or you can visit their official Facebook page at The Bad Moon Band. Uh, and you can also go to the Bad Moon Band at, uh, I'm sorry, Bad Moon Band, no, the, uh, dot tumblr dot com, and you can find the stories there, or you can look me up on Twitter at, uh, the Bad Moon Band. So, that's all, everything I have to plug, and I want to thank everybody again for being here with us. Thank you very much, guys. Um... So join us in a couple of weeks when we have something else that's equally geeky and equally berry to discuss. But in the meantime, bye-bye, bears. TTFN, darlings. Grr.